This is the Circle City News with Madison. And Mark, and I would like to take a quick shout out to our sponsor, Law Office of Mark Nicholson. He fights against the travesty of justice and he has made this podcast possible today. It is Saturday, April the 2nd, uh, already in April. It seems like time is moving fast. This is the Circle City News. Uh, I'm Mark Nicholson, and I'm here with Madison and Nevaeh. And this will be our unfortunate last episode for a while, uh, given the fact that uh, I'm going to be transitioning into um, a TV show uh, instead of just doing this, uh, on the, you know, podcast. So look for that in, um, late May, early June. Now I know we have a lot of heavy topics for today. One of them, uh, deals with a situation in Canada with the children being abused um, in the history of the Catholic church and another basically, sex scandal involving uh, children in the church. And I know Madison has a lot to say about that. So go ahead, Madison. I do. I woke up pissed today for them. <laughs> um, also, I just want to say congratulations, Mark. This is a great opportunity moving up, broadening your scope, making it a TV show. I'm very excited to see where this podcast, our first Thank podcast you. is going to take you. And um, it's looking up. That's a great, great, great news. Um, but not so great news. Uh, Canada works to apologize for native residential schoolings. So I'm kind of just going to go through the bullet points here because it's pretty heavy. Um, but we all deserve to know what is going on and natives deserve to have their voice be heard with all of their histories. So let's get into it. Um, okay, so the Pope or uh, native tribes are demanding that the Pope apologizes for the implementation of residential schools. The Catholic Church, and this is in the 19th century up until the late 1970s. So this is still people that are alive today that have been through this um, in Canada. Uh, the Catholic Church forced more than 150,000 native children in Canada to attend residential schools of which his motto was kill the Indian, save the man. Um, they were implemented to cut them off of their faith, belief and cultures it was aimed to Christianize and assimilate them into mainstream society. So these are basically like the tribes that escaped from Portland who were forced to be put into reservations in the Americas or in America via like the Confederacy and our government. Um, they escaped to Canada to get free. And then um, the Pope basically clapped his hands and demanded that all native kids be, I like to call whitewashed, that's kind of what I feel like is happened here, um, but it didn't change any of the culture. It just fed into the abuse basically. So um, this was a state funded mission that was implemented from the 19th century to the seventies. Um, <laughs> uh, the abuse was terrible, consistent sexual assault. And I apologize, I should have done a trigger warning, but consi uh, consistent assault from priests and nuns with children um, and even there was a story and I'll, I'll link it in the description. There's a 60 minute on this. And there was a room that the girls knew, like the, the priest would come and it was like, they knew like the abuse was about to happen. But meanwhile, these girls were eight years old. You know, they weren't 15, you know, they were eight years. These were children. So it was pretty a, a terrible situation. Children would die and they wouldn't inform their parents. 
their 10 year old classmates would be forced to dig graves. And then there's a, a horrific story. In the late 60s, a chief and a church head got into a disagreement. So the white Christian church head mowed over children's grave sites, um, of which today still has yet to be rectified or identified. So the graves have yet to be identified. Um, meaning that the white state is still getting grieving, is still getting grieving Indians and archaeologists trouble about exposing the names of the unmarked children. So, you know, we think that, oh, that was in our past life, that was in our past generation, but the archaeologists on the native side are still having issues with the Canadian government about identifying children's graves that their church um, destroyed. So a lot of really shitty things happening there. Um, but that 60 minute that I'll link is really amazing. And if you guys have the time, please watch it um, because it gives a voice to the people that deserve it the most. And we've been so conditioned by our church and our whitewashing that we believe that this is how um, society must be civilized, but really it's extremely uncivil society. And we've just completely cut off our ties to our nature and um, communities. So um, so these children that are now older are coming up and finally saying their stories. Uh, and I think it's a very important, a, a very important cause um, that needed to be spoken about today. So thank you. Thank you for listening to that. Um, yeah, and make sure you check out that 16 minutes. into that a little bit, because I know a little bit about yeah. this topic, which is interesting. So um, what you're talking about, unfortunately, has been, you know, in our history, you know, nationwide. Um, the United States is also a country that has historically not treated our Native American heritage, our Native American people very well, right? And that goes back all the way to times of, you know, colonization. Now, up until the year 1978, um, until the year of 1978, when the federal law of the Indian Child Welfare Act passed. I don't know, Nevaeh, it looks like you may have froze up, if you can hear us. Is she froze on your end? Yeah, she is. I thought it was me, but okay. <laughs> so what I can do now is talk a little bit about um, Will Smith and the, the slap. So, yeah, we'll and we'll come back to um, Nevaeh. And um, so, as most people know, on the Academy Awards, Will Smith was presented an Oscar for his role in the lead character in King Richard. Now, before that happened, there was a joke made by Chris Rock, who was one of the presenters, and he basically said something about Jada Smith because she had bald head and was like, hey, can't wait to see G.I. Jane too. And G.I. Jane was a movie that Demi Moore was in where her head was shaved bald. I mean, I didn't think the joke was, I mean, you know, it, I didn't think it was like that insulting of a joke. There's a rumor out there that he knew that Jada Smith has this disease that's causing her to lose her hair. There's also the side that says he didn't know. And for me, I didn't know she had a disease, even though she apparently put it on like her TV show and TikTok and all this other kind of stuff like that. I just did not know that she had it. I mean, you know, it's possible that Chris Rock didn't know that she had it, but even if she did, even if he did know, 
that's what comedians do. They they tell jokes, they make fun of people. Um, and what sometimes what they say is offensive. I mean, that's the nature of a comic. I went to a comic show, uh, comedy show with my wife um, on Thursday, and the comedian was making fun of people in the audience. People that were sitting up front, he was making fun of people. He was African-American. He made fun of black people. He used the N-word. He made fun of women. He made fun of white people. He just, you know, he just went through, you know, he even talked about Will Smith and the Jada's picket, you know, Smith <laughs> scandal. And so, and he knows uh, it was Arnaz J and he knows, you know, Dave Chappelle. I mean, he's, you know, famous comedian and things. So he knows some of the players in this situation uh, or in, in like in Hollywood and stuff. Now, if someone went to that show and did not want to hear offensive stuff, did not want to be made fun of, then they probably shouldn't go. Same thing with the Academy Awards. Every year, I mean, it's hosted by comedians and, and, and they roast people in the audience. I mean, there's always jokes at these people. And to me, if you're that sensitive, you probably should not have, have been sitting in the front row. You probably should have stayed home. Um, I, I mean, I get it. You know, I've heard people say, oh, well, he was just defending um, his wife's honor. Well, she wasn't being attacked. And if you think that's the way to defend someone's, you know, honor or whatever, then you, you, you may need to be in counseling yourself because you, you see what Will Smith has said. He's resigned from the academy. He, yes, he resigned yesterday and he has specifically, specifically said that what he's done was wrong. So for people that think Will Smith was right, he should have did what he did and all that kind of stuff like that. You, you're wrong because Will Smith has admitted that what he did was wrong. It was inexcusable. He shouldn't have done it. So listen to what Will Smith has to say when he says what I did was wrong, if you think he was right. So I think anybody that is on the wagon that he was right and did what he should have been done what he should have did is is mistaken given the fact that his own out of his own mouth he said hey look what i did was wrong now i mean i think it's not only attack on chris rock but it's also attack on free speech because people should be able to kind of say what they want to say doesn't mean you have to agree with it you could have got up and walked out could have went to the stage and said hey whispering in his ear hey man you know my wife suffered from a disease you know, I didn't appreciate that joke. Can you apologize? Something like that. Couldn't handle that backstage. Multitude of ways you can handle it. Now, I am not by any means trying to say that I'm the epitome of perfection. I've done a lot of things I regret and all that kind of stuff like that. But there comes a point in time when you're as old as he is that those kind of things should be reduced. You know, you should kind of reduce your error rate. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I mean, like I said, there's things that I'm glad that they didn't have the TikTok and the YouTube and all these video cell phones because you'd be like, you guys probably wouldn't even be uh, on the show with me because you'd be like, oh, I ain't going to be that guy. You know, he's sexist and this and that, and you, done, uh, you know. But it's also not only the assault on free speech, Chris Rock, but on a bigger scale, it's an assault on African-Americans. Because this was the first time the Academy Awards was hosted and produced or whatever by African-Americans. The first time they did it in their 90-some year history. Um, 
Wow. Very rarely does uh, African American get uh, such a prestigious award. There's only been a few in the history of the Academy. And for you to act out like that, explode, to mm -hmm. slap another Black man, which makes me wonder, you know, if it's a person was white, would he have done it? If it was The Rock instead of Chris Rock, would he have done it? And I mean, there, there were three female comedians. I think it was the first time that was ever. If those comedians made the same joke, would he have went up there and lost his cool and slapped those women? Uh, you know, so yeah. So to me, it just it's beyond just getting in there and saying, "Well, this was something that he did did to Chris Rock." He just snapped. If he is that unstable, then you have to believe that anybody that made that same joke, he would have wow. went up there and slapped. And that's scary because there were three female comics that could have made the same joke. And if he would have went up there and hit them, would people be saying the same thing? But yet he hit Chris Rock, who looks very, very good, but he's 57 years old. He's almost a 60-year-old man that you slapped in the face. And at the time of your highest reward, you right. go so low but i will say on the flip side of that chris rock who's not getting the credit he's due in my opinion handled that like a gentleman i mean yeah. he did not fight back he did not cuss he did not and and i actually thought it was a skit uh, you know I, I was in denial for the longest i thought it was just a joke and stuff i, I just could not believe it until i saw the unedited version and saw that um he was like, had tears in his eyes when it's like, get your, you know, my wife's name out your mouth. And then of course, when he got on stage and apologized to the Academy, but not Chris Rock. So then I was <laughs> like, okay, this, this is real. But wow. even though Will Smith did something that really made, you know, actors, um, African-American men, rich people. I mean, he's, you know, just, every, you know, just really, did a lot of harm to all these people that looked up to him and look up to actors and, and, and people that are rich and famous and stuff. Don't just let that take away from the fact that Chris Rock handled himself like a total gentleman in that situation. Um, so that's my take on it. And um, yeah, those were hot. Those were hot takes. You hit a lot of great points right on the, right on the nail, I would say. Um, I hadn't even thought of it like that. I think there's a lot of layers to this. First, who's the Academy? Bunch of white dudes that get to pick what matters in art? No, people get to decide what matters in art. And that's what art is for. It's not for the white people Academy, it's for the people. So I like that there was like a humanitarian factor in this that like really Will Smith maybe cracked under the human condition. That's something we can all relate to. But I'm concerned why they're in an audience filled with literal billionaires. All of those people are wealthy. How are they so pressed? How, <laughs> I don't understand how he's so upset. And I know his wife has the condition of alopecia. I think that's what it's called, um, which is just like a stress induced hair loss symptom situation. Yeah, whether the joke was half-ass or not is you know up to interpretation. Like you said, comedians are there to lighten the mood and to poke fun and to kind of, hack at the human condition. That's kind of what their point is. Um, but I would say that like, how is Will, it, I, when I saw it I, the, the first time, I thought it was also like a distraction bit. Like I thought it was a planned situation because Will Smith was right in the front. He had direct access to the stairwell. Like I thought maybe they had played into that, but you're right. Why is there now a distraction 
forcing people's attention, diverting people's attention away from black excellence and black achievement. You know, that's just not right. So I think you're right. These people are so wealthy. I know that the celebrity life can probably destroy people, but you chose this. You chose to be an entertainer. You chose to be somebody that's in the spotlight. You know, you have a responsibility. And I agree with you that Chris Rock understood his responsibility in that. And he performed very well to kind of keep moving it along. Um, but yeah, I was like so confused why a group of billionaires are so upset about like a half-assed joke. You know, like these people have really nothing to complain about in their world. And if the, the fact that they're like cultivating things to complain about and to divert people's attention away from actual success and things that need to be celebrated, that's a problem. That's a really big problem. Let's cheer people on, commit your passions, do what you gotta do in the arts, keep going, encourage one another. This should have been a moment of empowerment and it was a moment of disempowerment. I'm not sure why either. It was a very confusing situation um, that I don't think was necessary at all either. I think violence is not the answer, um, of course. But also <laughs> you guys are so wealthy. Oh, did you go home to your mansions and sit in your beautiful tubs that, you know, like, it, it really forces people there's I get I get stuck in this because they're so obsessed with their own world over in California and over there like they're just so obsessed with themselves that they don't see that they're making movies to inspire people to be better that King Richard movie was a movie of black excellence and to inspire a generation and a group of people um the fact that that success got pretty much blotted out by some bullshit ass like half violent half just petty argument on a grand on a grand stage in front of a live audience um and a live viewership audience was pretty tacky that's what I'll say I said the whole thing all together was pretty tacky um and for rich people like that that should be like their biggest fear is being tacky and then that was like the first thing that he went to was tacky behavior so just be better just try to be better and if you're feeling overwhelmed go get help you are literally a billionaire like go pay somebody to talk to go to therapy go do something go to a retreat do something that helps you calm your nerves but don't smack your own people on a stage you know I think something that we also have to keep in mind too, like Mark kind of touched on earlier is that we're so hot with social media nowadays, right? Things just circulate so quickly. And yes, we do have to understand that, you know, being in a position of power to any sort of degree, whether it be fame, political, this, this and that, your personal life is going to be torn apart by the internet. It's going to be torn apart in every which way, shape or form. And no, does this, uh, does the behavior that was exhibited during this whole, you know, during the Academy and all, everything that happened, is that, is that appropriate? Is probably our best way of handling it? Absolutely not. Because like you said, you know, we're taking the spotlight off of things that maybe, you know, deserve that applause, right? But on the same flip side of the coin, um, I feel like the internet and social media is not making any of this, uh, you know, much better, right? Because you have Will Smith and these memes that have been going on for God knows how long, you know, with his wife and the entanglement and Amy, CD, and E. It's all over Facebook. It's all over TikTok. It's all over Snapchat. It's everywhere. And, you know, you kind of can't escape that. So, no, is his behavior excusable? Probably not. You know, you've been in the, you've been in the, um, you know, the spotlight for quite some time. So you should know how to handle yourself, not just as a man, but as an adult in a situation of high, you know, a black tie event. 
right? So I don't, I don't think that his behavior is acceptable, but I think we have to take into account that like, you know, social media has been a little rough on the Smith family over the last, you know, year or so. So I just want him to be able to find his peace. I want Chris Rock to find his peace. I want Jada to find her peace. And uh, hopefully we don't have to deal with things like this again. You know what it reminds me of is when, I remember when Kanye, Kanye during the whole Katrina, (laughs) the whole Katrina thing and him and Michael Myers were on there and they're doing like, you know, trying to raise money. And it was just like, it, 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 we didn't let that go for the longest time, you know, Kanye saying what he did on the on live TV, right? And that's the same thing that's going to be happening with Will Smith. So it does take a, a take a bit of a toll on our psyche to a certain degree. Um, the internet's not like what it used to be, you know? Well, that, actually <laughs> reminds, no. that actually reminds me of a couple of things that you said, Nevaeh, with the black tie event and raising money. Aren't you attending some sort of event soon? Yes! Actually, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. So many of y'all know I am um, a guardian ad litem here in the city of Indianapolis. So what I do is I work with kids that are in the older foster care initiative and help them be able to be successful, right? So our organization is hosting a first annual Met Gala. Uh, This is to raise money for foster children um, and for kids that are in the child welfare system. Uh, It was going to be a black tie event. It's going to be on April 22nd here in Indianapolis. Uh, we're looking for sponsors. If you're a company or a place or an individual that has a passion for helping foster kids succeed and ha- provide support, then we highly encourage you to come check us out. We'll post the information on Cir- Circle City News following the podcast today. Um, but yes, first Met Gala. And actually speaking of Met Gala, um, I have Nevea. I got a photo shoot this upcoming Sunday. We're gonna do some body paint. We're gonna do uh, working with a grand piano here, working with a makeup artist. And we're really excited to be able to present some new stuff. So stay tuned for that, y'all. Stay tuned for that. And also stay tuned because moving into this here, I have our card of the day, folks. We're gonna go ahead and see what awesome. for us on April 2nd. What is today's message for us, folks? What is, what are we taking with us? Today, we have the Ace of Cups reversed. Some people don't read reverse cards. Me, myself, I do. I feel like they provide their own meaning. Ace of Cups, upright. This is going to be a card that has to do with emotions, right? This is emotional fulfillment. We are happy. We are satisfied. We are loved in abundance. Uh, with this being reversed, it's uh, maybe we're trying to look for that passion. Maybe we're kind of stuck or stagnant, perhaps plateauing in finding what we are truly passionate about and what we really want to do with our lives and ourselves to feel fulfilled and have that internal emotional happiness that in the Ace of Cups upright is overflowing in an abundance. We're a little bit on the deficit side of things right now. So take this as a message, folks, that suspend our day, perhaps, you know, doing some self-care. Or perhaps, you know, try to narrow down exactly what are your passions and what do you want to do in this world and how do you want to make a difference? Because right now we're kind of, you know, we're not, we're, our cup's a little bone dry and you got to fill your cup to be able to help fill other people's cups as well. So part of the day, folks, Ace of Cups reversed. All right. And make sure to awesome. find Nevea on Tarot with B on Facebook. You can uh, reserve your own, um, readings and pay per hour or is it an hour service or what are your services? We have right now, we have a monthly special each month. We have a monthly special with it being April. We're doing a nine card spread of your topic of choice. So this could be career reading. This could be a love reading, but it's a nine card spread for $50 for the month of April. 
um, usually yes. about an hour session there and first time clients get a few additional perks as well. So simply mm -hmm. tarot with me on facebook.com. Availability is open with the monthly specials. We encourage you to go ahead and schedule your appointment and learn more about your Ace of Cups de deficit. <laughs> I have to say your justice card two weeks ago. I am terrible. I'm a little pussy cat at confrontation. Not my favorite thing. And it took me a week to get the courage to use the, that message. But I actually did confront a friend um, and we're good now too. I, I said everything I wanted to say. And so that justice card really got me there. So for all y'all non-believers out there, y'all better get right because Nevaeh's got the sauce like that. <laughs> the sauce, awesome. honey. Awesome. The sauce. This might be our last episode, but we are always here for you folks if and when you need us. Um, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on yeah, you know, pretty much Circle City News, you know, online. Find us. Stay in touch with us. We have big things coming. We're going to be on the TV yes. soon. Okay? Woo! Things are escalating. We're making progress, and it's only going to get better from here. So, with that. Filling those cups. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Well, thank you all again, and take care, and have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye, Indiana. Love you guys. <laughs>